Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. The OG3 is here. Bradley is driving, so we'll take that into account when you hear his audio. <laughs> and we'll just won't let him talk very much. That'll be the, the solution. I was doing dairy stuff today. Central Plains Dairy Expo, you know, meeting the industry folks, getting out there, not sitting in my office. I do like that. I love getting out of the office. I'm out of the office today. I'm actually in Morris, where Bradley is supposed to be, but he isn't here yet. Getting out to drive around the state, see some different farms, going to talk at a meeting tonight. I'm excited to eat whatever's for dinner. It's always an amazing meal. <laughs> Emily, are you at home? Yep. I'm just in Rochester. No exciting travel for me today. Uh, but I, I had that earlier in the week. My early week was travel heavy. So Sometimes your travel is awesome. And uh, this time of year, it is not. Like tonight, right. I mean, we got big weather coming in and I, I got to get home before the ice and the snow and everything else starts up here in Morris and the wind. Don't ever forget the wind in Morris, but mm. yeah, not my favorite time of year to travel in the shoulder season. Absolutely agree. So I am I am happily at home today. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we've got a topic today that kind of blends the two worlds here. Emily is our farm safety and mental health expert on the show and Brad and I like to think that we're cow experts. And Brad and Joe are just here. That's <laughs> kind of how it works. And that that's fine. That's fine. So the, the, the concept today came up uh, working with a colleague of mine, Tim Goldsmith. Uh, shout out to him. He'll probably be on the podcast uh, someday soon. But we were working together and we were talking about basically what we termed common versus special causes of variability where there's a difference in perception of what we have control of within the system that's predictable and manageable versus what's coming from outside the system and is truly random and uncontrollable and the difference in perception of what is under control versus what is out of control and how you perceive that balance and then talking to emily today she told me there's actually a term for that, um, which I'm not even going to try to explain. I'll let her explain what that term is. All right. So today we are discussing mastery. And mastery in its simplest form is our perception of what we have control over and what we don't. So you know, mastery is really a, a natural part of being a human, you know, as we grow and develop we develop greater senses of mastery in some areas and sometimes lose our mastery in other areas. But yeah, it's just this idea that we have an idea of the pieces we have control over and the pieces we don't. Well, and this is something that we talked about with this when it came to common versus special causes of variability or mastery. It's what do you have control over and what do you not have control over? And then how does that look when you talk to different producers and farmers and veterinarians? What are the perceptions of what you do have control over and what you don't? And more and more, I'm finding that there's a lot of things that we do have control over and that are predictable and manageable that we think we don't have control over. And that, that's a, 
uh, reframing, trying to figure out how to explain that we do have control over some of those things. And there's a lot less of the things that are random and uncontrollable than we initially expect. Um, one of the things that's always probably, and especially now going to be random and uncontrollable is the weather, but we still have some aspect of control over the weather when it comes to calving season, because we can choose when our calving season is. So there's still some control there. Emily, I guess my question to you is when, when you are faced with this needing to reframe your thinking, how do you go about that or start that process when it comes to mastery and figuring out, oh, well, what do I have control over and what do I don't? And how do I evaluate if I'm thinking about this correctly? Yeah. So what you're basically explaining, Joe, is what we call adjusting mastery. And I'm going to take a little bit of a, of a sidetrack here just to mention that adjusting mastery is actually a really useful resilience strategy. So it is something that, yeah, really means kind of thinking again about what you do have mastery over, what you control and what you don't. And in doing that, you also build some resilience. And so that can both help you in crisis and then prepare you for future crises as well. So this is a really, you know, great topic. I'm so excited when Joe brought it up because I was like, oh, I have slides about this. <laughs> but getting back to adjusting mastery and kind of what to think about or, or how to do that process, right? So adjusting your mastery really means you're going to temper or enhance your own sense of mastery, right? So you're going to think about what do I actually have control over? A really important piece of this that I want to mention is in this process, you also need to recognize that the world is just not always fair. And that sounds a little trivial, right? But I think we've all been in those situations where you do everything by the book, everything you're supposed to, management was perfect, you had all this stuff figured out, and the cow still died right? Because sometimes that still happens. So part of it too is recognizing again that the world is not always going to be fair, right? Not in the way we want it to be. So keeping that in mind is really helpful. And the, the last and I think the most important piece of adjusting our mastery is about externalizing blame, right? So not all of it being well, I don't have control over this because I tried and I failed and it's all my fault. I'm having to do this. And we really want to externalize that blame, right? And that's part of knowing our mastery of, yeah, I did everything right, but you know, this thing I don't have control over happened, right? I did everything right, but a tornado still hit our farm, right? Some of those things and, and recognizing again that you, you can't hold all that blame on yourself because that is not going to allow you to actually adjust your mastery because you're still fighting the idea that there were things out of your control. So just, just a quick recap, kind of the three main points when we think about adjusting mastery, you know, enhancing your own sense of mastery, recognizing the world is not always fair and externalizing blame. Well, and I think, to make this a little more concrete, the best way to do that is to give an example of what I'm talking about. And I think that one of the best examples is dystocia. Uh, and so when we talk about 
dystocia or assisted calvings or difficult calvings on a beef system or a dairy system, doesn't matter which one we're talking about. The general idea initially is that, well, almost all of that is out of my control because difficult calvings happen and that's just the way it is. It's all random and uncontrollable. And I, I think that that thought is in a lot of cases incorrect because if we look at the factors that contribute to dystocia, we look at calf birth weight, damn breed, cow pelvic area, calf shape, cow age, cow nutrition, calf sex, gestation length, cow body condition, cow weight, sire breed, heterosis, calf presentation, and then season or the temperature outside. That list, when you really pare it down and go topic by topic, there's a lot more there that's in your control than there is out of your control. Now, the weather is hard to control, but you still pick when you're going to calve in a beef system, cow-calf system, what season you're going to calve in. So that's under your control as well. Calf presentation isn't necessarily within your control. How that calf presents, whether it's a breach or not, that's the only one that I really can't come up with an argument for that we have control over. But now we're looking at, okay, we have control over a lot more than we initially think. So we really have probably control over 90% of it when initially, if you just glance at the issue, you may think, well, I only have control over about 10% of that because it's a random uncontrollable thing. But I think looking at these issues closer and looking at the management of it and how everything in the system is connected allows us to see, well, actually, if I work through the management side of things and I'm looking to prevent problems, I have control over a lot of these factors and a lot more than I thought I did originally. So you touched on a really important point there, Joe, that I want to follow up on. And that is this idea of systems thinking. So, and that's actually another component in in adjusting mastery. And that is, you know, systems-based thinking and taking the time to reflect on the functioning of the of whatever system you're dealing with. So in this case, it would be you know, your calving system, your your cow management, et cetera. Again, I just think that's an important point that we need to really examine this as a system, right? And every little component that goes into that system is going to play a role in what the final result is. Yeah. And I, I think this is one of those things, if you think about things in this, this way, looking at what do I have control over? What do I have no control over? And, and what is truly random and uncontrollable? You can just pick a topic. And if you work through that thought process, there's going to be a lot more under your control than you think. And conveniently, most of those things come back to management, which is what we preach on this show. It all comes back to management always. When we talk about random and uncontrollable things, these special causes, right? We're really like stretching, right? This can be the wildest stuff. Like I said, tornado, barn fires. So, so thinking about those things as, you know, the things that are truly outside of your control. And I find that list to be short and it's usually really preposterous or, you know, full of things with a lower likelihood. Whereas when you look at the pieces you can control, that list is robust and there's a lot of components there that, that you can work on and that are really approachable and clear and not so ambiguous and random. 
Yeah, and I, I love this thought process when we look at trying to solve problems without a needle. It really hammers out what do I have control over, what can I get ahead of, rather than trying to put a Band-Aid on afterwards. Well, I have a question for Emily. We talked about mastery and things you can control, things you can't control. How do we manage all of that when there's, you know, milking parlor stuff, we're breeding, we're calving, we've got employee uh, challenges to deal with? What, how do we use this in a everyday situation when we've got multiple things going on, a dairy or a beef farm or, or you name it? Well, Bradley, I'm so glad you asked. So one of the easiest ways to facilitate adjusting mastery in the midst of all the other stuff you have going on is self-regulation. And self-regulation, very simply put, is things like sleeping, taking some, you know, quiet time for yourself, whether that's in the form of meditation or just, I'm going to, you know, sit here and just look out the window and get lost in my thoughts for a little bit. So some of these things that are already baked into our day are part of what helps facilitate you know, this, this adjustment of mastery and, and this self-review of mastery, right? Giving ourselves that space. So, you know, this is something that we can even think about while we're sitting in the tractor cab, you know, or, or driving somewhere. That's, you know, a really big part of it. And I think also this is one of those things when we think as resilient strategies go, this is a pretty easy one to do. Uh, again, when you just think about, you know, that giving yourself time to think about things and giving yourself time again to examine the functioning of the systems of whatever issue you're addressing. And it really comes back to also, you know, we struggle to adjust our mastery, mastery when we continue to see ourselves, you know, as failures or putting all this pressure on ourselves to get over it. And so instead of actually getting over it, we're just fixated on the fact that we're not. So this is kind of a, a natural step in, in moving on after, you know, something goes wrong or, or we make a change or something. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, in this explanation, you're finding this isn't a big, you know, now you need to make time in your day for this whole other thing, right? But it's more... In the five minutes you might spend walking around the farmyard during the day, can you just think about this for a little bit, you know, and, and even remind yourself, this is what I'm doing because I have control over this part. And another useful thing here, and this is a useful tool for all sorts of things, right? But especially when we're in the adjusting mastery phase, we're likely also trying to solve a problem. Right. And so that can also be what slows us down because we're really fixated on, well, I'm, I'm not going to be over this until this problem's fixed. And so I'm still thinking I have this control over it. And a good way to kind of figure out how something can be fixed or why something happened the way it did is using a practice that I recently learned about, actually, and it's called the five whys. 
So basically what you do is whatever thing you're thinking about, you just ask yourself why five times. And of course, each time you ask it, answer that question. So an example of this, um, let me think of an easy one here. So, okay. And this, this is kind of an unrelated to farming. Okay. The, the issue I'm going to address is I am always 15 minutes late for everything. Why am I 15 minutes late? Well, because I mismanage my time in the morning. Why do I mismanage my time in the morning? Well, because I get distracted. Well, why am I getting distracted? I'm getting distracted because I'd rather sit in bed looking at my phone than actually get ready. You know, well, and why would I rather do that, right? Well, because it's easier, it's more comfortable, and I'm not fully awake yet. So that's how I use it. So I got from, I'm always 15 minutes late, down to, I just struggle, I need extra time to wake up in the morning because I want to stay in bed and be cozy, right? And so from that, maybe the solution is, I just need to wake up 30 minutes earlier to allow myself that time to just putz around a little bit. So that's a really quick example of how to use the five whys, but hopefully you kind of saw, right, is, is you just kind of let yourself keep taking that path as you continue to ask yourself why. And I'm going to say when I started, I didn't know what my later responses were going to be, right? I just was going with what came to my head at the moment. So that's another, you know, piece that you can use to kind of help you figure out do I have control over this? How do I have control over this, right? What I, I, I maybe can't control that my body needs a ne- some extra time to get fully woken up in the morning, right? But I can control how much time I allow myself to do that. I can give myself more time knowing that that's the problem. That makes a lot of sense. I like that chain of whys. I'm going to try it on some farms and see where I go. Oh, you will be amazed. You'll have to report back. It's it's a really cool thing to do. And especially with farm stuff, you you get to things you normally never would. Yeah, I could think about that from a example calf scours perspective and asking why, and it might lead you on a path back to something that you never even thought of. So I like that idea. Well, I, I think that's a great spot to end. I, I don't want to get into this subject too deep. I think we've introduced this way of thinking there. I'm sure Emily could talk for another hour on this subject and how to work yourself around it. This is a good way to think a way to step outside of your system and look at it from a bigger picture view and see if you can find some solutions. And I think we've given you some tools to do that. Hopefully this is helpful as you come across all the, all the things on your farm that are either controllable or uncontrollable and uh, try to figure out what you do have control over and what you don't. And with that, we will leave you so you can spend some time adjusting your mastery. If you have questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode, you can email those to themoosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. You can also call our listener line and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. Find us online at extension.umn.edu and find us on Twitter at UMN Moose Room. That's a wrap, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.